Hello and welcome to the Aviva podcast. My name is Ben Moss and in this episode we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion. More specifically, we're going to be talking to Sue, Sarah, Lee, Johnny, Sharmini and Alexandra, six of the co-chairs of our six different diversity and inclusion communities at Aviva. They're all volunteers taking time from their busy days to help make Aviva an even more inclusive place to work and we wanted to take a few minutes of their time to learn more about what their communities have achieved, what made them want to be a co-chair in the first place, and just to give them a little bit of time in the spotlight. Hi, I'm Sue Kelly. I work in the savings and retirement part of Aviva, and I'm one of the co-chairs of Avivability. So what's the purpose of Avivability? What does that community do for Aviva? It's the community that is focused on disability, and that could be physical disability, it could be mental health conditions, it could be long-term health conditions. And our aim is really to create a workplace where all individuals are treated fairly and their ambitions and opportunities within Aviva aren't limited by their disability. What's your personal connection that made you want to get involved with Avivability? Why, why was that the community that uh, spoke to you and drew you in? I have a disability myself, which is uh, partially a physical disability and it also um, has uh, a hidden um, aspect to it as well. Generally, my experience at Aviva um, has has been great and I've had a lot of support in managing and working with my disability but I have also had some experiences where it hasn't been as good as I would have hoped and I think that was largely to do with a lack of awareness of disability and so that was my real driver for joining Avivability to help raise that awareness um, to help some of the, address some of the issues that I'd personally face and no doubt um, other colleagues um, are also facing. And based on your work within the communities, um, have you seen any change in Aviva based on, on what you've uh, issues you've raised? Yes, so we've been going um, as a community for about two years and it's it's probably fair to say it's been a fairly slow start because there's there's quite a lot to do and because the awareness of disability isn't as high as the awareness of some of our other communities. Um, but even so, we have been able to make some really good traction. I think particularly in the mental health space, there's been um, quite a lot of focus through Avivability and also supported by the Health Heroes communities on, on mental health. Um, we've launched the Sunflower Lanyard scheme within Aviva for people that have hidden disabilities. We've made some progress around our communications internally within the organisation. And, and I think we've just started to raise more generally awareness of disability and being able to, to support some people individually and being able to support some managers in how they can or, or leaders rather uh, in how they can support their colleagues that have disabilities. Based on your kind of experience in your work with the community how do you rate people's understanding of different types of disability because obviously the types of disability people can have is pretty broad but do you think there's an, a good understanding within Aviva of that or not? I would say it's getting better but probably not as good as it as it could be and, and I think it's the, the thing with the disability agenda it unless it affects you personally 
then the levels of awareness of it is, is, is not great. So a lot of the people that are in our community are people that have a disability or long-term health condition. So we're sort of reaching out through through that group. The, the Sunflower Lanyards um, started some conversations that weren't happening previously. So particularly um, around hidden disabilities, um, it, it's had, it started some good conversations around neurodiversity. And one of the things actually that that happened this year was there was a new set of training materials that were launched on on grow for, focused on neurodiversity and next month we're focusing on raising awareness of dyslexia and dyspraxia so it say it's, it's a general it's a fairly slow process of raising awareness uh, but I think still there is a bit of a view that on, unless someone's in a wheelchair or has a walking stick or a guide dog that you know they're not disabled and and clearly the disability agenda is much much broader than that it is quite hard for people to understand sometimes that the way they're treating someone with uh, who has a disability might actually be discriminating towards them whereas if you behaved in a similar way to somebody looking at it through um, ethnicity lens or a gender equality lens you could just you know, it's so obvious. You know, we, we've got our plan and we've got our areas of focus. The, the things we're focusing on primarily are uh, around um, accessibility, which is um, accessibility of comms, accessibility of the buildings. We're also looking at our recruitment processes to make sure they're fully inclusive. And the other thing, I suppose, actually, we, we have become members of the Business Disability Forum and, and we subscribe to the Valuable 500. So um, our ambition in 2021 is to attain the business disability standard, uh, which is an external accreditation. Hi, I'm Sarah Hall and my day job for Aviva, I am a business intelligence manager, but I am also a co-chair for Aviva's UK Balance Community, which is all about gender parity. So Sarah, what's the purpose of the Balance Community in Aviva? What are you trying to achieve? So for balance, I think that the main focus is really to raise awareness for important gender issues and through kind of creating that sort of, you know, vibrant community feel, we hope that we can be kind of a a mouthpiece for gender related priorities for our leadership teams. Is it only women who are on the balance community or do you have men as well? The balance community is inclusive of all genders. And, you know, as I said, we we really focus on um, gender issues that are important to Aviva. And for that reason, I think a lot of issues relating to women do come up. But um, it is really, really important that people of all genders become part of that conversation and part of that activity, uh, either because it affects them or because they want to be allies for people of other genders. Now, we ought to make it clear that the communities uh, or being in the communities and being a co-chair is a voluntary role. So there's no there's no payment for this. You don't get necessarily get lots of time off work to be able to do this kind of thing. So what was it that drew you to want to be a part of the community and to be co-chair? I think the the main thing is having gone through a process over the last few years of really trying to recognise my own privilege. I sort of came to the realisation that I want to do something with it and want to create a platform to bring other people up to to get their voices heard. 
And on top of that, I have an absolutely wonderful team who are incredibly supportive of me doing performing my co-chair role and um, a really, really incredibly supportive manager who is also a co-chair of one of the communities. So as you can see within our team, we really deeply care about our colleagues and about customers and about inclusion so you know it's really made it very easy um to do that but um but it's something that as i say we're all very passionate about and i think social change has become something that i am personally interested in beyond just aviva and based on the work of the balance community have you seen any changes in aviva I would say the changes that I've seen in Aviva is it's kind of difficult to um, to relate to specific activities that we've done, but I've definitely seen a trend over the last couple of years to more and more people getting engaged in diversity and inclusion stuff or people wanting to feel more purposeful in that way, perhaps realising that we do work for, you know, a large corporation and we have we have bargaining power in certainly in you know in our respective markets certainly in the UK but yeah I see more and more people engaged more and more people demanding change and you know more and more people wanting to get involved and I think yeah I think that's a really powerful thing and I think it's a great time to be part of the communities to really sort of capitalize on it. And is there a lot of crossover between the different communities? Absolutely I think that every every topic of conversation and and every person in fact actually really has lots of different dimensions and each part of these different experiences can be viewed through different lenses be it gender or age or ability so on and so forth and so for that reason the communities do work together a lot and and collaborate a lot and probably you know need to to do that for the for the benefit of everybody really but yeah it's um it's quite interesting to sort of you know carve out the different lenses that each community might have on a particular topic i think the probably the thing that i have enjoyed seeing in terms of outcomes of the communities is the wonderful networks it enables obviously aviva we have a huge presence in the uk market you know many thousands of colleagues and it's it's really fantastic seeing like-minded people getting to work together on stuff that they're passionate about so i think in terms of yeah really great things that have come about from the communities it's just allowing people's careers to be accelerated but also just you know my personal network has grown I've met some amazing people and made some fantastic friends just through the communities that probably my regular job at Aviva wouldn't have allowed to do and have managed to give you know fantastic opportunities to other people perhaps earlier in their career I think that's another great thing that's probably like really worth mentioning a lot of the I think a lot of people think that communities might just be about uh, change within our most senior leadership. But I guess it's also, you know, about winning the hearts and minds of of everybody in Aviva, but also, you know, creating some values to, to live by that people sort of gravitate towards. And yeah, I think that for that reason, it, it becomes a community in a sort of truest sense where, where you have a group of people who, you know, really care about the same stuff and it's yeah it's great to work 
with those people inside and outside of Eva, actually. Yeah. Aviva's got wonderful contacts with other other bodies, you know, like dive in as well. So, yeah, really good for that reason. I'm Leonis and I lead a, an analytics team here in Aviva in the UK. Uh, and I'm currently also co-chair of the Aviva Carers Community. What caught your interest, first of all? Why did you want to be part of the carers community? So I'm, I've been really keen on supporting all of the communities for some time. And within my own department, I'm actively encouraging membership of, of all of the communities. So some of my team are involved in Origins, Balance, Pride and uh, Avivability. So, you know, these things really, really do matter to us. Outside of Aviva, I've also got an active interest in in, in special needs and uh, special educational needs. And I'm a, I'm a governor at a number of schools. And, and within that role, I, I do see that there's a lot of challenge that parents have and, and carers have regarding juggling work responsibilities and juggling, you know, the stresses and strains of, of, of battling through the system to get, you know, good, good provisions for their family members. Um, and, and, and that really means a lot to me. Uh, so I thought I'd get involved in this community to do my best to to accelerate the the, the movement of the community and also to to take it to a, a period of celebration where we can get you know some real real celebration over uh, the great work that our colleagues do when it comes to caring and, and juggling work responsibilities. Is there any reason personally why you felt carers was the right one? For you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I've got, I'm, I'm 42. I've got a three-year-old daughter. And, you know, through coronavirus, as an example, you know, there's been a lot of juggling of, of, of work responsibilities. But also my mother is is is, is unwell. You know, she, she suffers from um, mental health challenges. And, you know, throughout you know, the last six months, I've spent a lot of my time on the phone to social services, to mental health teams, whilst also looking after my daughter and um, with my wife. And, you know, all of that is really difficult. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite sympathetic to, you know, the the, the situation that it's not just me that's in this situation right all my, my colleagues and my friends at Aviva have all got their own story to tell and I think that you know with any luck I'm going to uh, I'm going to help you know to to um, you know to, to to get us all talking about it. I think you're quite new in role in terms of co-chair of the carers community so rather than talk about what's gone before what's your vision what's your uh, dream for the community? Yeah, I think there's there's a few things really that 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 are really important for this community. I think the first one I would say is that Aviva doesn't have a shortage of of support for its employees uh, and for its colleagues. There is really great policies in place. Uh, there's no shortage of that. What there is a need for is for consistency of application of those policies to ensure that everywhere across the organisation is fully embracing the, um, the 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 support that's available. But I think the support needs to move beyond policy setting and it's, it's it's the support of the community about how can we get a group of people who are incredibly experienced at providing care at, at, at negotiating care provision for their families how can we get those people to support each other to, to share their stories and to um, and to also celebrate some of the you know the, the fantastic work that they do I think that's where we, we want to move it forward I think in addition there's, there's a couple of other key 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 points of interest I think the carers community is almost uh, there's an element of, of, of it being the unsung community there's a lack of i keep calling it celebration but there's a lack of celebration around that community but actually when you think about it it is central to all of the other communities right you don't just perform a caring role you may well perform a caring role of a young person with a disability in which case there's a link into availability during coronavirus it's obvious um from some of the statistics with stats that we've seen that um the the, the burden of uh, of child care has sat largely with 
females so there's a link into the balance community and so on and i think you know there's in every example i can see there's a bridge between the carer community and all of the other communities and it's a key objective of, 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 of this community to to leverage that you know that that ability to um to you know to work together with the other communities i think the final point as well the yeah, another area of focus is to is to also just reach out to external organizations and uh and, and bring some of those organizations in so we can share with our colleagues some of the other provisions that are available to people, whether that be charities or local authorities, benefits agencies, tax officials, all of the extra stuff that's out there to support our colleagues, we want to we want to engage with. And then finally, another key initiative is to also work with education uh, systems. So there's a lot of young people in carer roles, young people that in the future we will look to recruit. And there's a whole wealth of experience within this organization around supporting people in caring roles and I feel there's a, there's a great volunteering opportunity for some of our carers to act as mentors for some of those young young people who potentially you know maybe need a little bit of um, a little bit of support so some great ideas but you know moving as I guess away from policy and procedure and into celebration collaboration and sharing of ideas do you think on the whole, maybe there's a slight misunderstanding or, or um, not quite the connection between who of who actually is a carer. And actually, there's more people who could probably fit into that caring bracket than maybe some of us think there is. Well, it's a really good point, Ben. I think, you know, there's there's uh, if, you, if we look internally at Aviva, our our own community has got around 200 members uh, within the um, within the social uh, media site that we have internally. And there's 17,000 people working in the UK at Aviva. So, you know, there, there is a a lot more people that need to be engaging with this community. But you're quite right. There's a rec- a lot of carers care, but don't realise that that is indeed what they are doing. They they take it for granted. They feel that you know looking after their own children is 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 just a normal day to day job, right? But looking after a child with dyspraxia or dyslexia, you know that brings about some additional challenges. That I think many parents in this organisation probably are grappling with right now. Many, many people are grappling with with childcare provisions and the uh, and certainly during coronavirus pandemic is its height of lockdown, dealing with you know the lack of grand, grandparent support and and schools, uh, but also I think there's some really maybe some some examples that people wouldn't typically understand. So for instance, if you've got a friend who's currently suffering with maybe some anxiety, you know, being on the end of the phone or you know taking a visit and having a cup of coffee, that is also caring and 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 also that 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 caring role not only does really good. A lot of good for that person that you're caring for but also can be a strain upon you and and, and i think it's, it's allowing us all to have those conversations and recognizing that actually probably all of us to, to some extent are caring um and, and and we want to get to that pinch point really of understanding you know everybody needs to celebrate being a carer hi i'm alistair mcqueen i'm head of savings and retirement at aviva and i'm also the co-chair of aviva's generations community what exactly does the Generations community aim to do in Aviva? Well, Generations were one of the six communities inside Aviva celebrating diversity and inclusion. And we wake up every day thinking about age, the diversity of age that there is inside Aviva. We've got people who are in their teenage years, people who are in their 70s who work for Aviva in the United Kingdom. And we want to make sure that all those people, regardless of their age and our age, 
feel at home and can contribute their most to the Aviva organisation and our customers. Now, you're not a teenager, but you're not 70 either. You're sort of somewhere <laughs> in the middle uh, without giving too much away. Why is it, uh, <laughs> why is it, why was the Generations community something that sort of struck a chord with you that you thought you wanted to get involved with? Well, in Aviva, Aviva is the largest pension provider in the United Kingdom. We service and serve about 6 million people in the UK, helping them save for and live in retirement. So age is in the heart of what Aviva does. And while we spend many times talking to the world outside about the importance of age and of planning for the future, I wanted to bring that message into the organisation. So I wanted to be able to speak to all of our people and make sure that in no way was age a barrier to opportunity inside the organisation. So understand the pressures and the challenges and the opportunities for those people starting their career for people like me in the middle of their career and also for our most experienced members of staff. So age is what I do in my day job and I wanted to bring that age focus into the organisation and Generations presented the perfect way for me to do that. How important is it that um, sort of, um, business owners, managers, leaders are aware of the differences between people and what age they are and what stage they're at their career given that we all know that the retirement age, well, there is no such thing really as a retirement age anymore. And the state pension age, which sometimes is linked to retirement age, is, is increasing on what can be seen on you know, kind of a regular basis and is creeping towards 70. So how important is it for big businesses to be aware of the different age ranges they're going to be managing, particularly in the future? I would say that two things. One, the world's an incredibly competitive place. And every day in Aviva in the UK, 15,000 plus people come through the front doors of Aviva. And if we can make an environment where that individual feels they can contribute fully, whether they are 17 or whether they are 76, that's great for them and it's really good for Aviva and its competitiveness. So there's a real win for the organization in, in, in permitting and empowering people in that way. But secondly, when it comes to aging, we are as a society, we are aging. The fastest growing population of employees are the over 45s. We want to make sure that that population doesn't think they are the, 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 the wind down of their, their career. We want to make that population, regardless of age, feel that they've got a strong future with the Aviva organisation. So we've been introducing a concept called a midlife MOT, and that does play to me in my midlife. We educate people on their wealth, their work, their well-being to send the message that you have a future with Aviva, we value your skill, your experience, and we want you to give so much more so that we can thrive as a company and we can be a great home for our 15,000 plus people. Based on the work that Generations community have done, what kind of changes are you seeing in Aviva? First of all, we're learning. We're learning about the diversity of ages in Aviva. We didn't really know before Generations that our youngest employee was 17, our oldest is 76. So, so virtually 60 years of diversity inside the organisation. We didn't know that our average age was 40. We didn't know that our average length of service was 10 years. So we're starting to understand the diversity of ages inside the organisation. And we've then tried to translate that understanding into action. And I'd say three areas that we've been focusing on. One is the, the under 30s, people entering work and starting to understand what pressures they face. And they very quickly tell us their financial priority is to get on the housing ladder. And we're asking ourselves, what could Aviva do to respond to that need? Secondly, we've identified the issue of the menopause. Half of Aviva's workforce are women. And it was an issue that Aviva had 
to some extent been blind to before now, but now we have support in place and education in place for all employees to make sure that we're not blind to that issue. And the third area is workers over the age of 45. They are actually the fastest growing age group of employees in Aviva. And we just want to make sure that that fast growing population, that great asset of skill and talent that we have feel at home and feel they have a future with the Aviva organization. The perception that the future is the younger end of the population of an organization must not be the case. Whether you're 17 or whether you're 76, we want all those people to feel they have a great future with the Aviva organization. And that's what we at Generations are trying to achieve. So hi Ben, my name is Shami Rajan. I am a project manager for the UK Life Indie Programme. Uh, my role in Origins is one of the co-chairs. Explain to us what the Origins community is about. What's its purpose in Aviva? Origins is a very broad umbrella, as quite a few of the other communities are as well. Um, we focus on celebrating cultural harmony and sort of trying to help Aviva become a more diverse and inclusive organisation, regardless of people's backgrounds, whether that be religious, cultural, race, ethnic or socioeconomic. I guess the focus is kind of celebrating the, those differences. And what was it that attracted you to become one of the co-chairs of Origins? Why did why did that particular community sort of catch your attention? So I had um, the fortune of moving out to Canada to whilst I was on the Global Graduate Programme at Aviva and I was uh, I joined the Origins team in Canada and when we went around the table to introduce ourselves everyone had said that they joined Aviva Canada Origins because they don't see enough diversity. Everyone, anyone in the world knows, regardless of being there or not, that Toronto is one of the most multicultural cities in the world. And to see that much diversity across the table, I stood up and I said, well, I'm from London and yes, we're multicultural. But I walked into St. Helens one day on my first day, I think it was back in 2017. And I didn't see anyone who looked like me, <laughs> maybe two others. And both were either receptionists or PAs. And it just it, it struck something that I've never thought of before. Uh, and since then, I've never looked back. I've always been looking to learn, you know, what is it in the corporate industry? Why is it the way that it is? Uh, and so moving back to the UK last year, it was I got involved with Origins straight away. And uh, yeah, the coach role just gives me a bit more of an edge in terms of that added step that maybe I can take things in a direction that I've been wanting to do for so long. And the, yeah, the community are great. Do you feel you're starting to see a change in the in the few years between, you know, taking that first step into the Aviva head office and now do you, is there a change is a change happening I think in certain parts of the businesses yeah but you know with it as everyone knows and says we've got a long way to go just looking at the makeup of organization if anybody walks into an office you can tell that we're not representative of the offices that we're in um and the locations that we're in sorry so you know th there's a long way to go are we progressing yes we we maybe but very very slowly you know um Change needs to happen a little bit quicker, but hey, it's a marathon, not a sprint. How do the communities, particularly Origins, but how do the communities help change, drive change within Aviva? Voluntary roles are those that bring out the best actions. And the communities are all volunteers. Everyone in them is doing it because they care. They want to drive that change. They want to support, you know, the global inclusion team and the businesses to kind of make that visible difference as well as, you know, whatever's happening in the background. So I think it's just a good place because people want to do it. That's an interesting point because the, the, the communities across the river are voluntary roles. I, I hadn't thought of that before. Do you really think that's that's a key point to them? They're not paid for 
jobs with a salary people are doing it for the love and that's where the real change comes from yeah look at any any charity organization they do such great things because they do it out of the goodness of their own hearts right might be just a personal opinion but it's more i think any voluntary opportunity you know people are doing it because they want to no one is forcing to, them to be there unless maybe you're younger and you're going to have to get some voluntary experience under your belt but yeah you know in in these kind of big organizations if if you're paid to do something naturally people are working to targets or you know there could be some kind of hidden gender not everybody but I'm just saying um but I think when it's when it comes to these kind of roles it's you, you've got the people in the room who want to, to want to do something and of course if there are the focus is you know the focus kind of derails a little bit and then it's just about having the right people to bring it back together again. You touched on it at the start but the um the origins community isn't that a lot of the work is around race uh, and and that kind of diversity but it's broader than that isn't it 100 percent. i think you know given sort of this year's uh, eye-opening experiences to the world it you know origins was something people did not understand there was another uh, i believe there was a project called origins in the company that wasn't one of the diversity and inclusion communities so up until you know the unfortunate death of someone people weren't comfortable or open enough to have conversations about race. Um, and because we had that momentum, I guess uh, as a community, we felt it was right that we focused on our race conversations, talking about, you know, the difference between ethnicities, why it's important to get involved regardless of who, regardless of who you are. But after I think about the, the last couple of months, um, the other co-chair, Jenny and I, we've been talking about how we have kind of taken away the, celebratory part of it and that too focusing on the other faiths and um looking at the social mobility aspect which we're kind of doing very newly um but yeah like it, it's great to have such important conversations but remember origins isn't you know it's yeah i think whoever doesn't know just needs to know that we're also more and just a, a final point that there are six communities across Aviva. Do, do you work closely together with the others? We're definitely getting better, I reckon. Again, I've only, so I've only been in the co-chair role for maybe three months officially. And I, I've definitely seen quite a lot of intersectionality, people wanting to do things. I think the other co-chairs are great. So, we, you know, in the future, I think there are definitely opportunities to work with each other. It's difficult because... As you're aware, we're, we're currently in the midst of planning for Black History Month. And obviously, out of the goodness of everybody, they want to get involved in terms of other communities and trying to bring that intersectionality. But someone had made a really good point about not doing things for the sake of it. Just because someone wants to get involved and do something for their community related to Black History Month, it doesn't mean that you have to just pull out everything. You know, like, for example, we've got World Menopause Day, I believe, coming up. And though I think it's quite important that maybe we could link it together because if you look at the African culture and the Asian part of the world, um, menopause is very much a taboo conversation, right? So it would be a great link. However, I was challenged with the thought of, you know, what, what is this? What, what's this link? Let's not let's not just overkill it. Uh, and it's a good point to make. Um, I think it's trying to do it in, in a very articulate way, but, you know, also just yeah, just watching how you, how you do it and just not overkilling it. You mentioned Black History Month as a real focus for Aviva uh, this year. Can you just talk, talk me through why so much emphasis is going into Black History Month, why it's so important for the Origins community? So I believe this is the third year that we're celebrating Black History Month. And the honest truth 
is that whilst we had the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the conversations at Aviva, Chica, one of our sponsors, had had a conversation with our black colleagues. And on the calls, two calls, on both times, people had raised the point that it's great we've celebrated Black History Month in the past. Have we brought a single black person into the conversation? And it really struck Jenny and I that, did we? You know, you can't celebrate such a big thing and not have input from people who live, experience it, understand it more than anyone else. And honestly, you know, given the kind of what has happened this year and the, the what the media has brought to everyone's attention, we'd not be doing justice to our black colleagues, to our black communities. Um, so this is us trying to do right um, and bring them in on the conversation and just doing it in a right way. Right. We can really this can go really wrong <laughs> we're aware of that but we're trying our best we really are trying our best and there's a lot going on in the background so i'm really hoping it'll be a good month hi uh, i'm alexandra bird i work in aviva investors internal communications team as my day job and i'm the co-chair of the pride community at aviva what's the purpose of the pride community within aviva what are you and your the rest of your team there to do I see it as a safe space for LGBT staff and allies to come together and talk about issues facing the LGBT, LGBT society why, more widely than Aviva, our experiences inside Aviva, and then sort of how we can really support the inclusion team to deliver on their strategy, the things they want to do. I see it kind of as a consulting role almost. So people that are building their DNI strategies who maybe don't understand maybe the full lived experience of an LGBT member of staff, how they can contribute, what kind of behaviours, policies, what's going on in society and you sort of have that, we come together to talk about that and then go back out to the business and kind of provide that info. And why is it that the Pride community was something that caught your attention you thought you wanted to be a part of that? So I, I identify as bisexual so when I joined Viva it was always something I was looking into but I started off more as a passive member so I was observing the things that the Pride community were doing uh, and the changing point for me wanting to get actively involved was I think when I grew a bit more confident in my own ability to feel valid in that community. I think there was a bit of baby bi-erasure going on which is something we might talk about. This is a, this is a plug. <laughs> we're hosting a bi event for Bi-Visibility Day which is one of the great things. So I think that's how I have more accessibility to Pride through the events that they put on and do. Uh, but the moment it changed to me really wanting to get actively involved was the Black Lives Matter movement and that kind of cultural moment where we all stood up and said, I want to put my voice behind something that really matters um, and how can I get more involved in the communities that I care about? And obviously Origins, uh, so Origins is our, our faith, uh, ethnicity, community. Um, and it's how can you best support that and the work they're doing and your own community at the same time? This might sound like a, well, a bit of an obvious question, but I will ask it. Why is it important that people of different sexualities are well represented in a, and, and can be openly represented in a business like Aviva? Why is that important? I think it's important because you have that line of always wanting to reflect our customers, wanting to reflect our staff and the communities that we're based in, however diverse that is. But I also think being having someone who's a senior leader or someone that you can see is visibly a part of the LGBT community, you never know the effect that's going to have on someone. 
So someone who might just be joining the business. So I look back at myself two years ago when I wasn't brave enough to be out at Aviva and talk about that side of myself, that side of my life, which obviously is a very important part of who you are. So I think the ability that we have to celebrate ourselves within the pride community and say this is who we are could inspire someone else in the business who may not want to actively join in that sense but you never know the effect you could be having on someone which I, I think I'd like to hope uh, we could do and if anyone does want to get more involved that would be very very welcomed. What changes have you seen within Aviva that you think that, that can be attributed to the work of the pride community? I think because Pride was the first community or exist before we had the actual community model, I think it's opened up the conversation for other maybe less other kinds of less visible identities. So, for example, if we look at Avivability, another community where it might not be as visible in the way being LGBT isn't visible and uh, not all disabilities are visible and starting that conversation. And I think because Pride has such an established, such a long and established uh, presence in Aviva, we're able to take those lessons and share them to open out a wider conversation on inclusion and what all those different axes can look like. And obviously when you have an identity, it's not just one part. You can be a carer and you, and you can be a woman and you can be uh, of a different ethnicity. And I think it's all now, we're realising now as communities how we're going to come together and we're and having those conversations to say, oh, this is the mistakes we've learned from in the past, or this community is now building a new strategy. What have you been through? How, can, how does that process work? What's the best way to engage partnerships externally? Those lessons that we can share, I think, are really powerful and contribute to the wider narrative. So is there a bigger picture within Aviva? We have the communities, they do some fantastic work in, in representing certain groups of, of people and then making changes across the business. But is there something bigger picture you'd be going for with the communities? Yeah, I think so. I think we have to recognise that Aviva is a massive brand name and we have presence all over the world. We're a global company. Um, and I think now is really the moment to seize that brand power and do something really important with it. And it's definitely the moment to do that, whether that's partnering with other big brands like we've just done, like we've signed Trans in the City, which is so showing our solidarity with trans rights and understanding how important they are. So things like that coming together with other brands to form collectives so we can lobby governments to make the right decisions about reform. So things like the Gender Recognition Act, how can Aviva, how can Aviva make their contribution to that known and where we stand known? So if someone's looking about if a trans person is looking and saying, where do I want to insure my car with this with a person that with a company that respects me, if a person's looking for a job, they know we value them. Our customers, we know we they know we value them. Um, and even on a smaller scale, so you have that's kind of the big tier, the medium tier, say engaging with our communities, what can we do when we're partnering with schools or charities that are focused primarily around LGBT needs for Pride? But again, the argument extends to any community. And then on a very personal level, it's so simple. It's just using your voice and keep talking, talking to everyone, talk to people who have different views. I think we've become so entrenched and polarization has got such an extreme that we reach the point where we can't have conversations with people who have different views and if you feel able to please use your voice um, educate yourself on the issues that the lgbt community are facing if you are an ally and then use that knowledge to make little small positive changes um, both in and outside of work
Um, so that's all from there, from the big end of massive companies down to what you can do as yeah, as one person.